RT8K News. It's one o'clock on Benche. The headlines. LegCo reopens, but some lawmakers complain they still don't feel safe. And members of the Youth Development Commission tell Carrie Lam, don't blame us. The LegCo complex has reopened to lawmakers, their assistants, staff and reporters after the red alert was lifted this morning. The complex has been largely off-limits since it was stormed and damaged by anti-extradition protesters on July 1st. The main lobby, meeting rooms and the LegCo protest area remain cordoned off and closed as repairs continue. Business and Professionals Alliance lawmaker Priscilla Lang says she is happy to return but still feels unsafe in the building. I was informed that there were many keys missing and many of the keys are our office keys. How could you guarantee whether some strangers may enter our office in this regard? So after learning that, our staff and myself also decided to take away uh, some of the necessary documents which we will never had that kind of feeling before. Maybe in this period we need a little bit more security until those doors and keys issues are solved. Democratic Party lawmaker Helena Wong dismissed the safety concerns, however. She said lawmakers' offices on upper floors remain intact and the security team is in place. This is uh, merely an unnecessary excuse and probably uh, this is owing to their own psychological anxieties. There is nothing we can help them but that they may have to reflect on what they have done over the past few months in terms of forcing and pushing ahead this extradition bill and that trigger a lot of anger uh, in the public. But now since this electrical complex is reopened, I hope we can get back to normal in doing our legislative councillor's work and I don't think it is unsafe here. Police have arrested a 46-year-old man for assault after two people were attacked at a so-called Lennon Wall last night. Several such walls covered in colorful notes supporting the anti-extradition bill movement have appeared across the city in recent days. A video circulating on social media showed a young man at a wall in Kowloon Bay refusing to retaliate, despite being repeatedly punched in the face. Earlier in the night, scuffles also broke out outside Yaotong MTR station when several government backers attempted to remove the notes. Police officers were called in to separate the crowd and warning flags were raised at one stage. Democratic Party lawmaker Lam Chuck Ting has warned people who object to the Lenin Wall not to take the law into their own hands. If the pro-establishment camp supporters doubt whether the uh, Lenin Wall uh, have already violated any ordinance, they should have reported the case to the government including the police force, but not to try to remove all the Lennon Wall on their own by force. It is totally unacceptable and it will create more and more conflict. Members of the Youth Development Commission say they feel unfairly targeted after the chief executive Carrie Lam proposed a revamp of the body as a way to resolve the ongoing extradition bill crisis. The DAB's Nick C. Lam says the government is oversimplifying the problem. Senior M from the Democratic Party agrees. She says a better option may be to transform the commission into a youth parliament. 
if we are to revamp the Youth Development Commission in a useful way, one useful way I would suggest is that we develop it into something like a youth parliament or a youth LEGCO, where the youth can actually select and elect their own representatives in this youth parliament. This youth parliament would have real power. They can, for example, attend sessions in the LEGCO as their own representatives, and they can put forward policy suggestions or legislative proposals to the LEGCO for passing. A former assistant manager of Friends of the Earth has been sentenced to 240 hours of community service after he admitted falsifying academic and professional qualifications to apply for the job. Johnny Wong pleaded guilty to one count of fraud in Eastern Court. The court heard that the position paid $31,000 a month and he had already received close to $400,000 in total. An environmental group has criticized supermarkets for being addicted to packaging fruit and vegetables. According to a survey by Greener's Action, 90% of fresh produce, such as pineapples and cucumbers, is wrapped with plastic. The organization's Vicky Wong says the supermarkets should take responsibility. Supermarkets have more responsibility to take care about their consumption of their plastic waste. They cannot force customers to further the plastic waste course and also transfer their responsibility to the environment. 22 countries have submitted a letter to the UN Human Rights Council calling on China to halt its mass detention of Uyghurs in Xinjiang. The BBC's Imogen Fox reports. The UN Human Rights Council tends to approach China with caution. No one really wants to offend such an economic power. But this letter, signed by almost half the council members, among them Britain, France, Germany and Australia, is blunt. It expresses concern at reports of mass detention and widespread surveillance and restrictions targeting the Uyghur community. But the letter is not a formal resolution it does not order a UN investigation. Still, China, which says there are no camps, just vocational centres guiding people away from extremism, is reportedly very angry at today's move. The letter marks the first collective diplomatic response to China's detention and alleged torture of approximately one million people. Reports from the United States say armed Iranian boats tried to intercept a British oil tanker near the Strait of Hormuz, but were driven off by a Royal Navy warship. Media reports quoting U.S. officials said the Iranians withdrew after a warning from the frigate. More from the BBC's Peter Bowes. The British Heritage tanker was moving out of the Gulf when it was approached by the Iranian boats. Guns on a British frigate escorting the tanker were trained on the Iranian boats as they were ordered to back off. They heeded the warning and no shots were fired. Last week, an Iranian supertanker was seized by British Royal Marines off Gibraltar when it was suspected of carrying oil from Iran to Syria in breach of EU sanctions. The front-runner to become the next British Prime Minister, Boris Johnson, faces growing pressure after the country's U.S. ambassador resigned over elite emails critical of President Trump's administration. Sir Kim Darroch said it was impossible for him to continue after Mr. Trump said he would no longer deal with a person he called a very stupid and pompous fool. In a televised debate with his leadership opponent Jeremy Hunt on Tuesday, Mr. Johnson refused to answer repeated questions as to whether he would keep Sir Kim on if he became prime minister. Our London-based correspondent Gavin Gray says calls are growing for an official investigation into the leak. He says many people had access to Sir Kim's confidential emails. Now, 
Now, looking at who might have stood to benefit, well, obviously enemies of Sikkim, people who didn't like him. Perhaps as well, people who felt that he um, didn't represent one of the new incumbents that are looking to come into the hot seat of prime ministership here in the UK. Perhaps somebody who feels that the prime minister might want to bring in their own man. The United States has opened an investigation into French plans to tax internet and technology giants such as Google and Facebook. The U.S. Trade Representative Robert Lighthizer said he was concerned American companies are being unfairly targeted. The BBC's Dave Lee reports. France's new tax would apply to any internet company that operates in the country and has annual global revenues of more than 750 million euros, around $850 million. Around 30 companies fall into that bracket, said the country's finance minister, Bruno Le Maire. There had been plans to make the tax a Europe-wide measure, but talks fell through after opposition from some countries, particularly Ireland, where several tech firms have set up their European headquarters. Quarters. Scientists have presented new evidence that modern humans lived outside Africa much earlier than previously thought. A fossilized skull suggests the first Homo sapiens may have arrived in Eurasia 210,000 years ago. The BBC's Paul Rinkin reports. The fragments of skull were found in southern Greece in the 1970s, but it's taken until now to realize their true significance. Scientists used modern dating techniques to show the skull is 210,000 years old. That makes it the oldest modern human fossil ever found outside Africa, the continent where we evolved. The discovery points to the fact there was an earlier migration from Africa of modern humans who mysteriously disappeared, leaving no trace of their DNA in people alive today. It's unclear whether changes in the climate or some other factor brought about their extinction. A study in France suggests that people who consume more sugary drinks, including fruit juice, have a higher risk of cancer. Researchers looked at more than 100,000 people over five years. They found that sweet drinks were associated with an increased risk of overall cancer, but they did not establish a causal link. Emma Shields is from the charity Cancer Research UK. We already know that sugary drinks uh, impact weight uh, and that weight is a, a risk factor for cancer. In fact, it's the second biggest preventable cause of cancer in the UK after smoking. Uh, but the study took into account uh, weight and, and still found a link uh, between, between uh, sugary drinks and cancer. Uh, but it is, it is just one study, uh, so we, we can't draw uh, clear conclusions from this and we will need more research uh, to work out and untangle exactly what's going on. Scientists have presented new evidence that modern humans lived outside Africa much earlier than was previously accepted. A fossilized skull suggests the first Homo sapiens may have arrived in Eurasia 150,000 years earlier than thought. The BBC's Paul Rinkin reports. The fragments of skull were found in southern Greece in the 1970s, but it's taken until now to realize their true significance. Scientists used modern dating techniques to show the skull is 210,000 years old. The discovery points to the fact there was an earlier migration from Africa of modern humans who mysteriously disappeared, leaving no trace of their DNA in people alive today. It's unclear whether changes in the climate or some other factor brought about their extinction. To currencies now, the US dollar is trading at 107.93 yen. The euro is standing at 1 US dollar and 12 cents. The pound is worth 9 Hong Kong dollars and 79 cents. And a short time ago, the Hang Seng index stood at 28,537. That's 332 points up on the previous close. And now to sports. Here is Atom Jang.
We start at the Cricket World Cup, where the hosts England are getting ready to face Australia for a place in Sunday's final. Australia come in as defending champions, but England have enjoyed huge success against their rivals at Edgbaston, where the match is being played. More from our cricket commentator Senior Chowdhury, who joined us earlier today from Birmingham. Australia and England will go into the semi-final uh, with an equal chance of a win, or more or less an equal chance of a win. Contextually, Australia always have held the edge over England in World Cup cricket, but in recent times, England have had the wood over their opponents. So then again, uh, against Australia, they had defeated pre-tournament favourites uh, England in their league game. Uh, but here's another twist: England's record at Birmingham at this at this very ground, which is going to be hosting this game, is a deadly won against Australia, having never lost to them since 1993. All in all, I think this could give us another nervy thriller like the one that we saw between India and New Zealand. The winner of this match will face New Zealand, who pulled off a stunning 18-run victory over India in the first semi-final. Batsman Ross Taylor admits it was a victory against the odds. A lot of pundits didn't really give us much of a chance and we, we thought if we just scrap, you know, what's one of the team's traits that would give ourselves a chance and, um, and I think a lot of people <laughs> didn't really trust us that uh, 240 was going to be enough, I thought. But Kane and I talked out there, to, you know, for us to, you know, 240 is probably going to be a very good score if we can get early wickets. Tennis now, Roger Federer and Rafael Nadal will meet in Wimbledon for the first time in 11 years after both reached the last four in the men's singles. Here's a recap from the BBC's Chris Dennis. It's the rematch tennis fans have longed for for years. Federer and Nadal at Wimbledon for the first time since their epic 2008 final, widely regarded as the greatest of all time. Federer started sloppily against the number eight seed Kei Nishikuri, but came from a set down to record his 100th victory at Wimbledon, yet another record for his extraordinary CV. Over on court one, Nadal looked uncomfortable against the booming serves of Sam Querrey, but weathered the Californian storm and came through in straight sets to reach his seventh Wimbledon semi-final. Earlier, Djokovic took less than two hours to get past David Goffin, who started brightly, but the defending champion recovered from a breakdown to win a competitive first set before reeling off ten consecutive games to seal victory in three. Next up for Djokovic, the Spaniard Roberto Bautista Agut, who reached his first Grand Slam semi-final at the 27th attempt with a hard-fought four-set victory over the Argentine Guido Pella. The women's competition resumes tonight. First-time Grand Slam semi-finalist Barbora Stradzova of the Czech Republic will face the eight-time champion Serena Williams. The Ukrainian Elena Svitolina plays former world number one Simona Halep. And that's your look at sports. Atom Jung reporting. And that's the news from RTHK.
think they're ready for really get to life. Tell me all about the things where you were fantasize. I know you dig the women, step the women, make me stride. Follow your feeling, baby girl, because they cannot be denied. Come to the inner the night, I make we get to amplified. But I quit for on the ship, and I go slip, and I go slide. In other words, the love I got to give is certified. Forgive me the toughest, I'm getting tired for mine. Girl.